Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and welcome to season three of HV Pucks. I'm proud to say this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. What separates me from the mainstream is that you do not need a newspaper or a cable TV subscription to access my content. It is available for free on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. HV Pucks is underwritten by the healthcare law firm of Einiger and Associates, specifically managing partner Scott Einiger, to promote youth sports and various health initiatives in our local communities. And before we drop the puck on this week's episode, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. This is Mike Ambria, and you're listening to HV Pucks, available for free on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now back to the show. You know, One of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. This week's In the Box segment is sponsored by the Ice Hutch, located at 655 Garden Avenue in Mount Vernon, New York. Founded in 1997, the Ice Hutch serves the skating community all year round by offering lessons for all levels, weekly public skating, figure skating, and hockey sessions. The Ice Hutch also features hockey leagues in the spring and fall each year for players seeking a highly competitive experience. Give them a call today at 914-699-6787 or check them out online anytime at www.icehutch.com. I recently had the opportunity to chat with Tim Donahue. Uh, Tim is the head coach of the Mayapak Indians. This is his second year behind the bench. And uh, at the time that he and I spoke, the Indians were off to a red-hot 13-1 and start. Enjoy. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Tim Donahue. He is the head coach of the Mayapak Indians. This is his second year behind the bench. He's taken uh, some time out on a Sunday to chat with me while the football game is on, and I really do appreciate it. Coach, thanks so much for joining me. How's it going? Uh, thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate uh, all the support and all the publicity uh, that you give us and you know all the Section 1 hockey teams, actually all the New York hockey teams, I guess. Oh, listen, it's my absolute pleasure. It's a labor of love. I started this journey two years ago, and season three has proven to be uh, the most successful so far. Let's jump right into it, Coach. Can you describe your team in five words or less? Uh, their best way to say is they're a team and a family. You know, they take care of one another. They look out for each other. They pick each other up. So, you know, it's a good way to coach when everybody's on the same page and everybody wants the same thing. So team and family is the way I, 
we, we've been preaching all year, and they've been uh, living up to that. I love those two adjectives, um, team and family, and and I, it it shows on the ice. You know, it, it's no it's no secret that I pegged you guys as as one of the dark horses in section one uh, this year. And again, you guys are thirteen and one right now, so you're red hot. Uh, and I and I look forward to seeing you in action tomorrow up at Ice Time in Newburgh if we can get that game in. Coach, what excites you the most? And and again, you kind of touched on it in your previous answer, but what excites you the most about this team? Uh, their coachability. You know, um, you know, we got two guys that are, you know, in the top of the section in scoring. You know, you pull them aside and you talk to them and they're listening, they're aware of it. You know, they're comprehending what you're saying and, you know, taking your advice, you know, which then leads down to all the players. You talk to all the guys. You know, so many of our guys, like, um, are sitting there, like, listening to every word you say and understanding it. And I got guys that, you know, things are struggling. Coach, what, what, what can I do? What, what do I got to do, you know, prove this? So their coachability, you know, as a team, excites you. It keeps you on your toes. You know, makes you want to give them more each time out. Good, good. I mean, again, this is all great, great stuff. Any surprises this season as far as kids that maybe have made the jump from your modified or your JV program or even just the growth and progression or the development of players year to year? I think as a whole, um, it's a surprise uh, how everything has come together. We lost nine seniors last year, wow. which is a big hole to fill. Um, but I think you know, uh, TJ McKee and Brian O'Shea stepped in as team leaders, and Aiden Martin you know, those were our three captains at the beginning of the season. Uh, they they kind of took the team, and some of the younger guys stepped into those bigger roles, have more ice time based on the seniors being gone, and have stepped up to the challenge. And you know, we've had a lot of guys throughout the season their game has improved over last year. The game, they've, they're more intense, they're more involved. Uh, you know, Nick Bricker uh, was a, you know, good part of the team last year, but this year he's major key to our team. He's got more points this year than he had his whole career hmm. leading into this year. So hmm. guys like that have stepped up in a bigger role than you, you know, expect. You expect a gradual increase as they move up in grades, but I feel like this year with the leadership we had and, you know, the young guys just kind of have followed that lead of our leaders. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, I think it, it speaks volumes to um, the family, the culture, the team that you've um, cultivated there, that you graduated nine seniors and that you are off to a 13-1 and start. This is going to sound like an obvious question because I think everybody in the section pretty much knows who the players to watch are. But if you could just mention, who are the players to watch on the Indian squad? Well, you know, obvious for the scoring point of view, it's uh, T.J. McKee and Brian uh, O'Shea. But, you know, besides what they do scoring, they're, they're the ones in practice. They're the front of every line. They're the ones pushing the pace. They're the ones making everybody better. So, you know, the points are a great thing that gives them the publicity, but their all-around game, you know, deserves it. And the type of players and people that they are, you know, make it great to coach them. They are definitely, definitely exciting players. Both of them have received either Player of the Week or Player of the Month nominations from me, and I know certainly from other media outlets as well. Um, now, this might sound a little cliche, and sometimes coaches say, well, the next game is the biggest game of the season, but was there a biggest game of the season for you this year? And if so, what was it, or, or have, you, have you not played it yet? Uh, it, it's, it's funny you ask, because as a coach, it really is the next game. My son was at the game... Uh, the other night we played John Jay, beat them 4-2. It was an empty netter late. It was a really close, hard-fought game. 
Uh, we had a great crowd there. Tons of uh, Lumea Pack students came out. I did Everybody see that. It was, it, it was like Hawaii night or Hawaiian night or something yeah. like that. Look, yeah, wow. it was Hawaiian night. <laughs> so, you know, but my son goes to me like, Dad, look, everybody's happy at the rink. I go, everybody except for the coach. Because as soon as that game's over, my mind goes to the next one. Right. All right, we got Woodbury Thomas. How do we, you know, Monroe Woodbury, how do we get ourselves back in focus? How, you know, this is a big game. You know, we got to get everybody's mind back in. You know, we got going to be a crazy couple of days with the weather. You know, how's that going to affect everybody? What are they going to do in the in a couple of days off? So it really, you know, it is cliche, but, you know, when you start looking ahead, that's when games slip away. Right. So it really is the next one. It's funny, my son was just asking me about it, and we were laughing. He's like, you don't enjoy it? I go, I, I go after the fact, I go, I enjoy the actual coaching of the game. In the middle of the game, I go, like it was a close, hard fought game. You're always thinking, you're, you're planning, what's the next move? Those are, that's what makes coaching fun. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for me, coach, if I could just share, I think the biggest game of the season for me was when you guys took on uh, Greeley right before Christmas. Because I had had both, I I tagged both of you as, you know, dark horse teams, and the two of you were undefeated at the time, and it was like a collision course right before Christmas at Brewster Ice Arena. And to me, that game was definitely worth the price of admission. Um, Uh, You'll get to see it again. We got them uh, last time of the season. Sunday the 10th. Yeah, so that'll be a good... Sunday, t- that'll be Sunday a good... So it'll be another good battle. Absolutely. Yeah. Ab- <laughs> um, and again, I really didn't know a lot about Brewster, about some of these other rinks before I started doing the podcast because of being a suffering guy and growing up and working there, I knew pretty much only Sportorama. But in your opinion, Coach, let's say outside of Brewster, outside of when the Maya Pack Maniacs pack the barn, toughest rink to play in? Uh, I think it's got to be Sporto. You know, they both suffer in... North Lachlan, you know, have great fan bases. So you go in, you know you're going to get a rowdy bunch, you know, going against you. They're always good teams. It's, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's the benches are uncomfortable to coach. There's no room to move. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it just throws you off the element that you're used to. Yeah. Um, and you know that it's always going to be a big game with those teams over there. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, all right, so biggest rival? Uh, it has to be Carmel. Anybody in May back will tell you it's Carmel. doesn't matter. <laughs> what the sport is doesn't matter what age level. Whenever you play Carmel, it's a big rival. Um, you know, going back to the Maypac Maniacs, New Rochelle was playing Carmel before uh, us uh, on Friday night, the John Jay game. They started cheering for New Rochelle. They, had, they were, you know, let's go, New Row. Like they, got, they were all entered. The new, new Row bench was loving it because they were playing Carmel. You know, it was like, right. all right, you know, doesn't matter who you are, you're going against our enemy. <laughs> We're on your side. I love it. I love it. And you know what's even nicer about that? You guys are intense rivals, but you come together for that, you know, pack hockey or caramel pack hockey fights cancer, which yeah. is tremendous. Yeah, tremendous, so. hockey fights cancer. And I, it's, uh, you know, it's great. You could read, you know, both teams know we're going to, everybody's going to be out for that. And everybody's, you know, been so generous over the years for it. It's a great way to raise money for a good cause. Um, what do you, um, Favorite tournament or road trip, you know, that you guys take? Um, well, this is my this year was my first road trip. We went up to uh, the Schenectady area, we played oh, sure. teams at right. uh, Union College, right. which was uh, a lot of fun. But you know, in the past we've done, and in the past I've coached uh, before the White Plains. You know, it's a great tournament, yep. a great start. Everybody's there. You get to see see everybody. You get to see all the coaches. Kind of a great way to get back into. 
flow of the season because there's so many people there. And Howie does a great job of running the tournament. You know, gets everybody there and it's run smoothly. It's just always a great experience and a great way to start the season. Three, you know, you can get three good games to start off and give you give yourself a good feel of where the season you know needs to go, what you need to work on, what you're doing well. So. You know, I do. I, like I, I do agree with you. I like that tournament also. You know, also for the fact that it's named after my cousin Guy Matthews, who is integral in the right. White Plains hockey season, uh, scene. Uh, he's gone way, way too soon. I miss him. I miss him terribly. Um, what do you look for in a hockey player? I know you've been at this for a bit, Coach. Uh, it's, it's the determination. You know, it doesn't matter what their talent level is, what their skill level is. If they got determination. You can find a role for them if they're gonna. You know, you may have that guy that, you know, doesn't have a lot of skills, but he can, he'll go in the corners, he'll dig for you, he'll work for you. If he's willing to win those battles, good things come out of it, you know. Guys, the guys that just want to get better and are determined to do that, you know, the all other skills and stuff can be, you know, uh, the determination is the only one that you can't really teach them. If they don't have that, you know, it's hard to get them. You can teach them to stick handle, you can teach them to skate. You know, they may not become the best skater in the world, but they can all, all improve. I, lo- I love that answer. I love that answer. And on the flip side, what makes a successful hockey coach? I, I think you have to be able to um, relate to the players. You know, you gotta have. You know, you gotta, you're asking them to do a lot. You're pushing them to do a lot, and they gotta, you know, feel like that you're on their side. That you're uh, with them. You're, you know, you're not just, you know, on the tower screaming at them. You're down there. You know what's going on in their lives. You know what's going on with their school work. You know, you have to be able to relate to them and know what they're doing. You know, like I know a bunch of our guys play the uh, local town league basketball. So, you know, we talk about that, you know, after practices and things. So, giving them little things, you know, that, you know, shows as coaches, you you care about them as a person, not just, you know, as a player on the team. Make, you know, make them feel they can give you more and are more willing to put that time and effort in for you as a coach. And I like that answer too, because it goes back to what you said earlier about the fact that, you know, the, the Indians are a team, they're a family. Um, so again, it sounds like you really have developed that, the right kind of atmosphere and culture there in Mayapak. And I think it's, it's great. Um, favorite moment or memory as a coach so far? Uh, I think it kind of goes along with uh, what we were just saying. It's, it's those relationships you've built with the kids. I've coached, you know, travel for 20 years. I'm in men's league, and almost every night that I play, some kid skates up, hey, coach, how's it going? You know, I coached him, you know, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and, you know, finding out what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, ran into a former player the other day who's bringing his kid to skate for the first time. You know, like things like that. You know, uh, you know shooting, shooting a text to a kid, you know, that, you know, you know, he's you know, playing in college, and, you know, hearing back from coach, it's great to hear from you. Those are the moments, you know, because, like I said, you want to build relationships with them. You know, I've, you know, you've seen kids go to college. I get pictures. I still get pictures from parents, or, you know, of things that you know, two player, two former players facing off. Uh, you know, in, in the college game and things like that. So you know, so it feels to me like that time you put in, time you take away from your family to you know be with your hockey family. You know, pays off. Like all right, you're, you're making a good investment because people are. You know, people are appreciating what you're doing. So I think all those little things make, you know, the, the good moments because all those little moments make it all worth it. I really do like that answer too, Coach. Um, biggest challenge you face as a coach? Uh, it's got to be balancing travel, the travel players, you know, the 
travel player schedule and the high school. You, you know, it's that yeah. tough balance. You can't be, you can't play travel and play high school because a lot of them are going to try to, tra- they're going to stay with the travel because that's the higher, more elite level that they're playing at. But also you can't just say, okay, do everything with your travel team and forget about us. Hey, having that balance of like, kids like, coach, I got a really big game. We got practice. You know, right up on this practice. Yeah, like you understand you get that. You know, he's like, well, I got travel practice and we got a game. Then like, you need to be at our game. You know, it's making those balances of where things are. You know, this is a big week for Mayapac. We got a big game this weekend. You know, what do you got this weekend for travel? You don't have much, you know, make sure you're at our practice. You're not, you know, you're not missing it. And what I found is a lot of these kids, when you do it like that, you know, I got, you know, five or six kids that are sitting there in the rink, walk out of our locker room, walk to the other Brewster rink, the other side of the Brewster rink, are getting on the ice on the other side. You know, and they're putting that time in, you know, to do it because you're willing to work with them. And they're like, you know what, I'm just going to try and do everything so I don't let anybody down, which, you know, is a good thing. Yeah, it's definitely a delicate balancing act, and and my hat's off to you and to the other coaches. Um, Fortunately, though, in New York State, we're able to double roster. Our kids are able to participate in both travel and high school as long as there's communication and everybody works together. In other states like Connecticut, you're not able to do that. you got to do one or the other, and I think that definitely hurts the sport. Um, In your your opinion, Coach, as, as someone who's been around for a bit doing this, can you describe the state of hockey in Section 1? I think, for me, Section 1 has really become a lot more balanced. Everybody's got a shot going into it. I think they've done a good job with the league to make everybody competitive. Yep. Uh, you know, everyone, you know, you're not going in, you know, there's not a lot of times where you're going in and you're looking at the season going, oh, man, we're going to just get killed or, oh, we're going to roll over. I think, you know, you look at, you know, our league, we got great games against Greeley, great games against Jay. You know, I think they've done a great job, and I think across the board, everybody's got you know a chance. You you look at who won it over the last few years. It's you know not the same names over and over again. It's you know, programs that are coming up, and their programs are being built. You know, lower lower levels across the board. You know, there's a lot more. You know, the spring modified uh, leagues and things like that. So you're getting more kids involved, and it amazes me where our spring modified program. You got kids that have never played organized hockey before coming out. Hmm. Um, who knows? Maybe you get two or three out of there that by the time they're a senior can play a key role. Where if you didn't have that program, you'd never get, you know, those two or three kids. And, you know, as you know, you know, two or three kids on a roster that can, you know, eat up some quality ice time make a huge difference. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast. I mean, if you go back to uh, 2007 when you have Monroe Woodbury win it all, you know, Section 9. Then you go to 2012, it was Suffren. 2016, it was Mamaronek. You know, not to mention those Scarsdale teams that made those runs. And then in 2017, you had Pelham. And last year, you had John Jay and North Rockland heading up there. And I'm convinced that one, if not two, Section 1 teams will be making the trip back up to Buffalo. So we certainly have developed into a hockey hotbed. I don't think you have to look any further than Ed Witz's 21-team tournament that he does at the Ice Hutch. I mean, eight or yeah. nine, of, eight or nine of those teams uh, Tim that came down were from Buffalo and when I was a kid I mean I never played the game but when I was a kid those upstate teams would never come down here to play they wouldn't want to waste their time playing downstate teams that maybe didn't you know know what they were doing or weren't as talented and now I mean I think we can go up against anybody in the state to be honest yeah we, we showed we can compete you know um, and I think if you look all the teams all the teams uh, definitely like 
you know, even the teams that, you know, are struggling have two or three players that show they can play with anybody. Yep. So, it's, you know, matter more building that depth, and like that's what we're talking about with the, you know, the grassroots and getting those other guys, you know, the younger guys out there and getting, keeping them involved with it as they go along. Um, a couple more questions here, Coach, and I just want to jump into some of the rule changes. I know statewide we we increased the period length to 17 minutes. We also increased the, the penalty length to two minutes from one and a half. Can I just get your thoughts on those rule changes and how they may impact your team, but how they may also impact the sport in general? I, again, I really like the two-minute penalty uh, because you need, you need two units to do it. You can't. You can't send four guys out there to kill a two-minute penalty. Right. Now, if you had, if you put four guys fresh off for a minute and a half, yeah, they'd be tired at the end. But you could usually get away with it. Two minutes is just too long. You need two, three units to go out there and kill that time. So I really, you know, makes a penalty. You know, you got to play. You got to really concentrate and make sure that you're staying clean and you're not taking those penalties because I think. Now it's a real deterrent. For some reason, I just feel like the minute and a half always flew by. And that two minutes, I feel like I always look up and there's 40 seconds left. And it's like, you know, it's like, okay, we've got to make a change. We've got to get those guys off. We've got to get first bodies out there. Um, the 17 minutes, I don't see that big of a difference right. between the 15. Um, the issue for me with that is, you know, 17, what it costs. Um, the programs, sure. and you know, we look. We're, we have all these mergers. We have all these things. A lot of it's budget issues. So, are we really getting that much more out of it for what we have to pay between referees, the ice time, and all that? You know, then you think about the chaperones are there longer, bus drivers are there longer. You know, the, the school's making a much bigger investment over six more minutes of hockey, which you know, whether it's you know, it's not that it's a bad thing. Six more minutes of hockey is always good, but yeah. are we really getting what that's costing us? You know, you know, when you factor in all the different things. You know, it's interesting that you bring it up. I am an off-ice official up here in Section 9, so again, if we can pull this game off tomorrow, you will hear my voice from the booth at ice time. I'll be tracking shots and goals and penalties. I'm really hoping to hear you. Try to, get it, try to reschedule a game at this point of the season is nearly impossible. Yes, I hear you. I, I really do hope this game gets off the ground tomorrow, but I definitely think a team's uh, endurance – their depth, their conditioning, their discipline has been put to the test now with the increased amount of time for uh, penalties and, and certainly, you know, adding an extra six minutes. Like you said, I, I don't want to embarrass anybody and mention who the team was, but one of the first games I watched this season down in Rockland, the game started and I saw 15 minutes up on the board and I went over and I said, what's going on? And, and it was an issue again with ice time and not having enough time and the cost. And, you know, and then, then I know something subsequently was sent out by the powers that be at section one, as far as, you know, making sure we try to stick to the 17 minutes. But uh, I think all in all, the new leagues are working. I like the two minute penalties. I definitely think, uh, you know, teams have been more disciplined um, to try to keep in step with that. Three more questions for you, Coach, and I'm going to let you go. Favorite professional hockey team? Uh, got to be New York Rangers. Okay, very good. Yep, very good. What are your thoughts on the the, the team now, the, the direction that they're going with Quinn, the the new coach, I, the young players? I, I like it. I think uh, that's, what, that's what they needed to do. Um, I think it was one of those where you, we could have been competing, you know, they could have been competing for the Sixth, seventh, eighth spot for the next four or five years. Right. And then doing one or two rounds and being done. I think it was, all right, we have a choice of, you know, being middle of the pack or let's try and go for it. And I think they, 
went for it, and you got to knock it down to rebuild it. I think Quinn's going to be a great job as a coach. I like a lot of the things that he's doing. He's brought a different energy to it, so it's good to see you. Hopefully, you know, you look, they're out there battling every night, and when they don't battle, he's the first one in front of, the, in front of everybody. We didn't bring it tonight. We didn't work. Yeah. And you usually see the next night they're out there. I, I definitely do like a lot of the things that he has to that he's brought to the team accountability and it doesn't matter you know again Kevin Shattenkirk earlier in the season wasn't getting it done so he spent some time in the press box so um, and it was tough to lose guys like McDonough and Miller but then you've got guys like Brett Howden Neil Pionk Philip Heedle those guys are making me forget the McDonough's and the Millers um, later on down the yeah. road so you know I definitely agree sometimes you have to tear something down uh, in order to build it back up uh, favorite professional hockey player coach Pat or present? Uh, I got to go with Gretzky. And it comes down to is, you know, you got to know where the puck's going to be. Yep. Not, you know, you don't need to know where the puck is. You got to know where it's going to be, mm-hmm. which is something you got to try. You, no matter what skill level you're at, you know, you need Gretzky skills, but you need to understand the game. If you understand the game, you can make up for a lot of things. A lot of, a lot of your weaknesses can be made up if you understand how the game's played, where, to, where they're looking to get the puck and getting yourself in the right position. So, you know, watching a guy like that over the years and just showing up night after night, you know, working hard, making great things happen. What? Yeah, you got to love it. One of my fondest memories as both a Ranger fan and just as a hockey fan in general was watching Gretzky's last game um, in 1999. Um was it? Yeah. Was it not? Yeah. His last year was ninety nine, right, Coach? That was it. Yeah. yeah last year was yeah. it was it was I want to say it was April eighteenth, nineteen ninety nine. They were playing the Pittsburgh Penguins at MSG. They were definitely playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. I don't remember the date, but I, I do have it. I was at the game. So I the oh, so was I. There. That's what I was just gonna say. I was at the game and uh, we saw the passing of the torch from Gretzky down to Yager, and he skated yep. around for a very long time. You could tell he didn't want to take the equipment off. He didn't want to take the gear off. But uh, yeah. So and and I remember uh, in ninety seven. They were playing Florida, and my buddy lived in Florida at the time, so I'm down at a Florida restaurant in my Ranger jersey. Gretzky scores a hat trick. I'm jumping around like a maniac because I know I was going to Game 5, and then they closed out the Panthers in Florida you know, game five, I was there for that too. So they did bring us some good memories back then. And then oh, yeah. from 98 till 04, coach, I'm sure you remember, they didn't make the playoffs all those years straight. But uh, <laughs> again, they definitely had some good runs. And I think brighter days are ahead for the boys on um, Broadway. Yeah, I definitely think the future's bright. Last question for you, coach. If uh, Tim Donahue wasn't a hockey coach, he'd be a fill in the blank. I'd be, co- I'd be coaching something. Uh, you know, I'm a <laughs> teacher by profession. And yep. I, all the things my kids get playing, I get roped into helping out. I just, you know, just part of my nature is, you know, being involved in sports. I'm sure be, whether it's lacrosse, softball, basketball, baseball, something they would vote me into doing. Okay. Hey, listen, I love that answer. And uh, I definitely could tell I, I took in your practice earlier in the season. You guys were out on the pond and I definitely saw the way you interacted with the kids, the way they responded to you. You guys are 13 and one after graduating nine seniors. I mean, I don't have to say anything else. I mean, this is a terrific story. And, and uh, I look forward, like I said, to seeing you guys tomorrow up here, uh, section nine up in Newburgh. Uh, hopefully again, fingers crossed that so we can get that game in. And right. Listen, I hope this, I hope this, superintendents are somehow listening to our conversation right now even though it's not live um and that uh they do the right thing by the kids and we get this game in tomorrow well, I, I, I know our superintendent's been loving it he's come through a few of our games i did see that I, I saw him with the layout he, he had his uh hawaiian <laughs> layout and everything 
Great. So it's good to see we got this school back, and I think it's a great feeling. Yeah, it is great when the when the powers that be, when central office administrators and superintendents and principals come out um, to to support their teams. I've been fortunate enough to chat with Tim Donahue. He is the head coach of the Mayapack Indians, the thirteen and one Red Hot Mayapack Indians. I may add, uh, he's taken some time out on a Sunday to chat with me. Uh, he had to deal with the heating system in my house going off twice, and I know I'm keeping him from the football game, so I'm going to let him go. Coach, thank you so much again. I hope uh, nothing but the best for you and the team uh, the rest of the way and like I said I hope I see you tomorrow afternoon thanks I appreciate all the support and all the publicity you give you know our team and everybody in section one you know we all appreciate it thank you uh, listen, it's been my pleasure. It's Like I said, it's been a, a fabulous journey. It's a labor of love. I'm, I'm crazy about the sport, even though I can't skate, even though I've never played. There's just something about it that keeps pulling me in. So, Coach, thanks again for your time. I really do appreciate it. This is your boy, Trav, and you're listening to HV Pucks. This episode for season three comes to an end. It's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. This season, Stick Taps will be brought to you each and every week by H4H, a growing car transport and handyman service company in Rockland and Long Island. Howie and Jesse are service-oriented guys known for providing quality service at competitive prices. For rapid, reliable, and relationship-driven car transport and handyman home improvements, call 516-497-1194. Mention the code 5MinuteMajor and receive a $25 discount off your next car transport service or $100 off your next handyman service appointment. Stick taps out to Jack Broskall of Scarsdale on earning the 100th point of his varsity career on Saturday, January 26th. Way to go, Jack. Stick taps out to Stephen Stackhouse of the Stepanak hockey team for scoring all five goals in a 5-3 win on Sunday, January 27th. Not only was he the lone goal scorer, he becomes the first player in team history to score a goal in every situation. Even strength, power play, shorthanded, and empty net. Simply amazing. Stick taps out to Liam Whitehouse of Horace Greeley on becoming the all-time record holder for most points by a defenseman in program history on Sunday, December 27th. Keep it up, Liam. Stick taps out to Michael Barker of the Kenmore West Hockey Team for recording four points in a game on Sunday, January 27th to become just the fourth player in the program's history to record 100-plus points in his varsity career. He joins linemate Ethan Yotter, who accomplished the same feat earlier um, in the week. Those Kenmore West boys as N. Fuego. Stick taps out to Kyle Foresta of Suffern, who earned his 100th point on Monday, January 28th. Way to go, Kyle. Stick taps out to the Liverpool Warriors hockey team for participating in the Maureen's Hope Beads of Courage program on Monday, January 28th. 
Stick taps out to the Gates Chilai hockey team for hosting a teacher appreciation game on Tuesday, January 29th. Stick taps out to goaltender Tony Catugno of the Niskayuna Schenectady Albany Mohawks varsity hockey team on making his 1,000th career save on Wednesday, January 30th. That is awesome, Tony. Stick taps out to the New Canaan and Darien Boys varsity hockey teams for honoring 10-year-old Mikey Schneider, who was made honorary captain of the Rams on Wednesday, January 30th. Hashtag no one fights alone. Stick taps out to Jack Williams of the Milburn hockey team who earned the 100th point of his varsity career in a win over Oratory on Wednesday, January 30th. Stick taps out to Catherine Torres of the Kent Place Girls hockey team on earning the 100th point of her career on Wednesday, January 30th. Stick taps out to the Brunswick hockey team for supporting the Wounded Warriors Project. Stick taps out to Jennifer Kelly of the Greenwich Girls high school hockey team who scored four goals and had one assist on Thursday, January 31st to reach 104 points. Way to go, Jennifer. Stick taps out to the Saratoga hockey team who collected items for the Wilton Food Pantry prior to their game versus Shaker Colony on Friday, February 1st. Stick taps out to Ben Schwartz of the Scarsdale Raiders hockey team on reaching the 100th career point mark on Friday, February 1st. Way to go, Ben. Stick taps out to Christian Pizzutello of the Rytown Harrison Titans hockey team on earning the 100th point of his varsity career on Friday, February 1st. Congratulations, Christian. Stick taps out to Ryan Marsala of the Manalapan Braves hockey team on becoming the all-time assist leader with 90 as of Friday, February 1st. He shows no signs of slowing down. Way to go, Ryan. Stick Stick taps out to Jack Kinlan of the Trinity Catholic Hockey Team on earning the 100th point of his varsity career on uh, Friday, February 1st. Congratulations, Jack. Stick taps out to the Christian Brothers Academy out of Albany for donating all proceeds from their tilt against Niskayuna on Saturday, February 2nd to the Michael Flowers Scholarship Fund. Stick taps out to the Penfield Varsity Hockey Team for donating the proceeds of their game on Saturday, February 2nd to Suicide Awareness and Prevention. Stick taps out to the Cheshire Rams Hockey Team who who accepted donations uh, to benefit uh, cancer research prior to their game on Saturday, February 2nd. And if you know of a player, coach, team, or hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive stick taps in the future, please tweet me at TravJack71 using the hashtag HVPucks. sounds on this episode of HV Pucks. I want to thank my beautiful wife Marisol and my two daughters Juliana and Kayla for their never-ending support, love, patience, and understanding because our family time takes a hit over the next few months as I embark on another exciting hockey season. I love to interact with my followers and fans and you can always find me on Twitter at TravJack71 and on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major. And if you like the music you've heard throughout the show, be sure to check out the new full-length album, Out of Time, by Fracture, 
which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. The new album maintains the same high level of energy as their debut 2015 EP, Broken Walls. You can also find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore Band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.fractureofficial.com on the web. The 2019 New York State All Hair Team is looking to complete its roster. So tweet me a picture at TravJack71 and use the hashtag New York State Puck Flow to nominate your favorite high school player and or coach. Winners will receive a custom t-shirt. Attention all Section 1 players, coaches, parents, and fans. Peck's Skate Shop is looking for nominees for their Plays of the Month contest. Post your video on Instagram and tag at Peck's Skate Shop and use the hashtag Peck's Plays of the Month to enter. Each month, one winner will be selected to receive a Peck's Skate Shop gift card. I'd also like to give a special thank you to the healthcare law firm of Einiger & Associates, specifically managing partner Scott Einiger, for underwriting Season 3 of HV Pucks. Your continued support is greatly appreciated. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink. <laughs>